Welcome to On the Other Side, where we talk crypto, culture, and society, and how crypto might shape society and change how real humans live their actual lives. Every week, we have on cool people from the crypto world to talk about what they're building and what the implications of that might be for real human beings. Before we hop into the show, I want to give a quick thank you to the first sponsor of On the Other Side, Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole is allowing users to earn crypto while they explore the weird world of Web3, guiding new users down the crypto rabbit hole in a curated way to make sure that people coming into the space are not only using positive sum protocols, but are also starting to build their on-chain resume as they do it. So the longer-term vision for Rabbit Hole is building essentially the open credentialing system for Web3. To build that credentialing system, it's important that they're decentralized. And so the Pathfinder program is paving the way for decentralizing Rabbit Hole and creating an open system built by the community, not by a single team. If you're interested in learning more about Rabbit Hole, check out Rabbit Hole at rabbithole.gg. You can also check them out on Twitter, rabbithole underscore gg. And if you're interested in learning more about the Pathfinder program, which is the first step to the Rabbit Hole DAO, you can check it out at rabbithole.gg slash pathfinder. All right, let's hop into the show. I am here with Latasha, who is an artist, a rapper, an icon, also works at Zora. Latasha seems to be doing everything. So (laughs) thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem. So happy to be here. I am so excited to dive in to a million different things that you're thinking about, what it's like to be a creator. I believe the first rapper to mint an NFT on the blockchain, I think that might be- The first woman rapper. The first woman rapper, even better. Um, So definitely want to dive into all of that. But before we do, do you want to give a little bit of background on you and how you fell down the crypto rabbit hole? Oh, wow. Yeah, sure. Prior to this space, I I was making music for about 10 years as Latasha rapper. And you could find me on Spotify and all the things, YouTube. And got into music really accidentally, was into poetry and then poetry became ciphers. And then before I knew it, I was like opening for like Big Sean, Kanye, Q-Tip and all these crazy people. And then eventually I just really didn't like how the music industry was treating women and especially black women. I felt like I was capped and I felt like I was caught in a box that I didn't want to be caught in. So I took a little break from music for some time, but it just kept calling me. (laughs) And then in 2015, I released a song called Black Magic. And this woman came into my life that just loved my music and she invested in me. And I had to promise that I would quit my nine to five and work full time as an artist. And since 2015, I've been doing that. And, you know, it's a real journey. I've been through all types of struggles and ups and downs, you know, homeless at one point and without friends at another and couch surfing during tours and all the things. But then there was a lot of bless as well. I've been a residency artist for some really amazing places like National Sawdust and The Shed. And I've also been on a lot of TV shows. Like my music has been on... Madam C.J. Walker and Grownish and all these places, but found myself in the NFT worlds after the pandemic or, well, there is no after the pandemic. I feel the pandemic is forever. (laughs) (laughs) It feels that way. Right? But um, post the scary, scary, scary beginnings of the pandemic, you know, we were trying to figure out 
what to do because I couldn't perform anymore. I couldn't really do sync because Hollywood was closed. And so my partner, Art by Ja on Twitter, but his name's Ja, he was like, yo, babe, I'm selling my art online. And I was like, word, what does that mean? And he's like, NFTs. And I was like, what is NFTs? And so I was super skeptical. And I was like, okay, let's dive into this thing. And found that there was a corner for music. There wasn't a lot of people in it. I, I saw Connie Digital. I saw Van Digital. I saw Sursu pushing music within the space, but it was really small still. And I also noticed that the space was heavily visual. A, a lot of people were like, I don't understand just pushing music NFTs. So I was like, okay, let me put a music video up and see what it does. So in February, I pushed my first music video on my favorite platform, Zora, and it sold in three minutes and it sold to the CEO of Zora and I, I went crazy. I didn't know what that meant. I was so excited. And I, from there, was just sold on what this mission could be because I felt it was healing this money wound that I was having as an artist. It was healing something that like, I urgently needed to fill with finances and also with value as an artist, the music industry really isn't transparent for us to see what our value is. And since then, I've sold over 50 NFTs, became Zora's artist community lead, and I'm just really pushing the bounds of music video and music in the NFT space. I love that story and <laughs> the energy that you bring to the space truly. I was saying before we record, but if you have never been on a Twitter space hosted by Latasha, you're genuinely missing out. Like the energy <laughs> that you bring not only to your music, but really to the space in general is absolutely amazing. And in prep for this, I was listening to some podcasts that you did and you sort of mentioned it here. So I want to like dive into it more. This idea of NFTs being healing, I think is really beautiful. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. Although it's a very tech world from like a very cis white male standpoint, which is not me, I felt the space immediately spoke to this urgency to fulfill money wounds within myself. Um, I'm a Black woman. I'm a Black artist. And a lot of times, BIPOC artists and women have had a lot of money wounds trying to invest into our work because we haven't had the resources. And for years, I've been making work with the homies and they just be like, yo, we'll invest some time and effort into making your music videos or your songs. And I'm so grateful for them for doing that. But I always had this like pain that I couldn't pay back the people that I loved and the people that put in effort into my work. And then when I started doing NFTs and selling music videos and selling my songs, I could immediately pay my homies right there on the spot. And it was so transparent. And the wellness just started to flood in. I felt this sense of wellness through it. And I know a lot of people try to do this whole like money isn't everything. Money shouldn't be your happiness. And I agree. I don't think money is our happiness, but I think money speaks to wellness in this capitalist society that we are born into. Right. And so we have to kind of like walk in that direction. But 
it allowed me to like really see the value in my work. For a long time, I thought something was wrong with my work because I wasn't signed or wasn't the biggest artist in the world yet. And I realized through the NFT space that my art has so much value that people really love what I'm doing and that I could keep doing it because I get this financial backing now to reinvest back into my art. So I guess that's the healing component to me for now. But there's so many other parts, especially with community. I feel like I found a whole community of support here through NFTs, and I'm just so grateful for it too. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that. I know you've done a lot with helping artists at Zora come into the space and sort of doing like a class where you help them understand NFTs and and start minting and things like that. But when you think about community for yourself and for those artists that you're helping onboard, how do you think about it? And how do you think about it in relation to your art more broadly? <sighs> Man, teaching is such an interesting component of my life with NFTs. First of all, I, I, people always thought I was going to be a teacher. So I was always like, no, I don't want to teach. I don't want to be a teacher because I don't like to do what people tell me I'm going to be. But when I got into NFTs, I really realized there was this big necessity for education. Like there are so many artists that could really use this resource to like make more things happen for themselves. And so I was like, I got to do something. And when I started working for Zora, I pitched them Zoratopia as just a hangout. It wasn't even supposed to be this really big educational thing. It just was like a hangout where folks could just pull up and I'll answer their questions. But I realized that it's more than that now. It's become like this whole community of artists new and old and new in the sense of like new to NFT and like old in the sense of OG to NFT are all in this space. And we're all talking about how to do this thing together. And it's so beautiful to witness them like work together, push each other and push me. And when I post or mint something, they're so excited and they're backing it and are um, retweeting it. And it's just like, wow, I have like a fam now behind me and everything that I do. And I do the same for them. And it's really beautiful because I feel like as artists, we've always kind of had to deal with this competitive nature, right? And like, you wanted to hide what you're doing and you couldn't like share. And we always say like, nah, we're getting rid of Web2 trauma. All that Web2 trauma is done. This time around, we're going to support each other. We're going to push each other. You know, when somebody doesn't make a sale that they want, we're going to still fight for that artist to make the sale that they want next time and really show them that they are loved and they're valued and really show up. I think that's the big difference with this space. It's this this show up that everybody's bringing forward. And I just love the community so much and grateful for them. I love that. What do you think about Web3 makes that uniquely possible? I think what's special about Web3 is that for a lot of artists, we are healing our root chakra here. Like we're healing the security aspect. We're healing this like sense of stability. And I think in Web2 and in legacy platforms and worlds that we've been a part of, we didn't always have that. So we were born into like these ideas that we had to be competitive or we couldn't like share thought or 
idea or all these other aspects. And then Web3, the whole thing organically grows the more that you share, the more that you give, the more that you are feeling in your security. And when you are insecure (laughs) and when you are showing that kind of energy, it shows up. So I always tell my like my community, like this is energy work. We're literally working with an energy form. Ethereum is energy, right? So we have to think what kind of energy we're presenting every time we do something, every time we push something, every time we're in community. So I'm constantly reminding myself that we are safe, that we're secure. And I think the community feels that energy too. And that's what makes it really different from the past. It almost feels like a shift from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset in your ability to create. Absolutely. It's exactly that. And it's just naturally that, which is why I said it's like energy work, right? And, And mindset work. This is literally a mindset shift. My friend Bobby Hundreds always says that like NFTs are the mindset shift work in play right now. (laughs) You know, we read all the books, we've read The Secret, and we've read all the like Law of Attraction books, but this is literally it in play. And I love witnessing it. And I love witnessing artists realize their value in it. It's like one of my favorite components to NFT. I'm curious, when you're creating, like whatever it might be. And I know some things you you created before you were minting them as NFTs, before you got into the space. But since then, what is the shift in your mindset in the process of creation? Like, has there been any sort of change in that? Or has that process sort of always been the same regardless of what the, where the output was going? It's open now, right? Like before I was thinking about all these different things, like, What audience would I be sending this to? What label would I be sending this to? How would the label be thinking about my art? Am I being too aggressive, which is a joke? And am I being like too much or am I being too little, et cetera, et cetera? And now with NFT, I'm so open to like just being who I am, where I am and what I am. And the beauty of this space is like, I've released a lot of NFTs that were songs and content from prior works before Web3, like things that were living on YouTube or things that were just on my hard drive. And those works, I always wasn't sure if they were good enough and was scared to release them, some of them. And then when I put them on Web3 and NFTs, it was like, wow, these things were actually really good. (laughs) (laughs) And people really love them and people want more of it. And it just makes me feel whole. I feel like my whole self. I love my past. I love my present. I'm really excited for my future. And I get to create whatever the hell I want. Something that I also did within NFTs was like, I didn't just give music. I gave poetry. I gave performance art. I gave some artwork like my doodles and drawings. I've given all kinds of forms of me in this space and they've all sold, like everything has sold out. And it's just really beautiful to witness people react to me just because that's what I think I, I love about being an artist is like I get to be and people get to like witness it. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I could say so much about that, but my freedom is here. 
So I'm really excited for that and for more artists to feel that freedom. I love the idea that NFTs almost unlock this freedom of creative expression that just Absolutely. didn't exist before. That's Absolutely. so powerful. Even mm-hmm. when I think about that, I think a lot about artists and how they engage with communities and create alongside communities, whether it be communities of artists or communities of fans. I'm curious how you think about the role of fans. I don't know if you even call them fans in Web3. Like, How does that shift? Yeah, we're trying to work on not calling them fans anymore. We're now calling them fam. So a lot of language is shifting. And I point this out often that in Web3, we have to make sure that we're shifting our language, shifting everything that we say. Like, I don't want to hear manager anymore. I like the idea of a main contributor, maybe that's what we'll call them. And fan is now fam. And I mean, artist is always going to stay the same to me, but there's terms that are in Web3 right now that I'm combating like alpha. (laughs) I just hate that term so much. Um, But I just feel that there's a necessity to be careful with our words in Web3 because it's back to that energy idea. We're working with energy. And if we put energy into certain words that we say, we have to be really careful about that. And so I'm always thinking about that. But yeah, my fam is is really that now. It's like, and I think that's what I've always wanted. I always wanted my fans to be fam. And I've always wanted to just feel like the girl next door that you could hang out with. But then I go go on tour and get on a private jet. <laughs> that's like my dream. So yeah, that's that's the vision. I love that. And it's interesting because it does kind of feel like collecting a piece from you in some ways is a way of joining that fam and, and and by virtue of doing that, like being closer to you in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you feel the same way on like the opposite sort of end where the piece that you mentioned is being collected and like what that closeness feels like if that exists. Yeah, I feel like a real close bond with all my collectors. I actually talk to most of them now, like we DM and hang out and I've hung out with them. Even in like NFT NYC, I've met some of my collectors and got to kick it. And it's really dope. They actually show up as true investors, true people that care. And that's my favorite part too. Like, I'm getting this direct contact with folks who are, you know, listening or caring about my art. So yeah, that's what's going on. And it's just exciting to see that keep going. I'm curious when you think about this world where I know a lot of people have talked about essentially artists being not necessarily headless brands in the sense that there isn't someone at the top, but like brands who are really managed by a community What does the Latasha brand look like? Like, how do you see that evolving? Do you think it would be managed by a community? Do you really want to be sort of still like very much in control of that? I'm curious how you think about that. Yeah, I mean, I always talk about like my custom marketing team and what that's going to look like. And I feel a lot of the people that I've worked with are my homies, right? Like there are people that we got close enough in this journey of artistry that we started to really work together. I mean, my partner, Jamel, we were best friends. And no, we were just working friends. Like he shot my music videos. Then we became best friends. Then we became partners. You know what I mean? And it took time before we even got to this point. But 
it's like most of my people are like that. Like I believe in their vision and they believe in mine. And so we work together to build this big vision. And so I imagine within Web3, I'm going to continue that walk. I already have some peeps that I'm like, all right, you're going to be running Discord. Yeah. <laughs> and or they <laughs> ask me, can I run your Discord? Can I like be community manager for you and things like that? And that's amazing to have people hit me up and just be like, yo, can I support your team? Because we need support. Artists need support. And I would rather my team be people who have this skill set, of course, but also be people that really, really believe in me and not just some infrastructure that has to work with me because the label said so. I would much rather it be somebody who's already shown investment than somebody who doesn't really like fully care. So I'm hyped because I envision in the next few months like hiring my homies <laughs> to be a part of the Tosh coin squad or something like that. <laughs> Very bullish Tosh coin. I absolutely <laughs> love that. That's really cool though. I think it's really interesting the whole point about sort of mission alignment and like maybe even just vibe alignment where because you have this autonomy to be able to choose who you want to work with and who I, don't, I think vendors is like a really weird term probably in this context, but a typical record label has their people that they want you to work with. And so being able to choose that feels really mission aligned. I'm also curious how you think about collabs and things like that in, in this space. I'm excited for collaboration. I think collaboration is really important in a lot of different ways. On one side, I think collaboration is important to onboard homies. Like I've onboarded a lot of different artists through just bringing on like work that we've done together. And then on the other side, collaborating with artists that are already within Web3 is important because you guys could share value together, right? Like I haven't done full out collaborations with my fam in Web3 yet because I've just been so busy with Sora. But I do have things in the works and plans to do a lot of crazy, amazing collaborations. And it's dope because we're both artists, myself and the other artists, we feel free right now to like do whatever we want and be who we are in it. And we don't feel this competitive nature and what we're creating because we're both in this very leveled playing field creating together. So I'm hyped for collaboration. I'm excited to see it happen more and in different ways. I'm also interested in collaborating with developers and building out ideas that I have in my head because I think that's also really crucial to have artists in the play and the table, not on the plate, <laughs> on the table <laughs> with you building product for Web3. You know what I mean? That's why I was so happy when Zora hit me up to become community lead because that was like the perfect collaboration, I think. I already was so bullish on Zora. And then for them to be bullish on me, it was like, all right, let's do this thing. And <laughs> see what happens. And it really worked out. Like, I feel we both have similar communities and similar values. And it's just perfect synergy when things like that happen. And I'm like ready for that to happen more. But I see collaboration just allowing for this space to grow really, really wide and really thorough, like a, a deep foundation, the more we in, like connect with each other, you know? Yeah, I love that where it's like having fans or fam of like different artists come into the space via NFTs feels really interesting and cool. Shifting gears like a little bit, I want to talk about how this ownership aspect of NFTs 
sort of changes things for artists when it comes to access. Mm-hmm. I know like I, I've heard you on podcasts talk about, you know, sort of like having to give your masters up to record labels for like just not great deals. But when you think about ownership in Web3, I know there's like a lot of different ways that music NFTs are manifesting in terms of who's owning what and what that unlocks. Can you sort of give a, a picture of what that landscape looks like right now? Yeah, there's a, like you said, there are a lot of different ways this could play. The way that I've been playing is literally my NFT is like an autograph version vinyl. I don't give away my masters. I don't give away any rights to my music yet. I don't know if I ever will. But right now, how I'm looking at it is like, if I give you guys a music NFT, it's just an autograph form of my work. Um, Some artists have done other things. Like my friend Verte has given a part, a percentage of her master away with her NFT. Others have like given away cars with their NFT, (laughs) with their music NFT. People have also done additions where instead of it being like one of ones, you could do like 20 of the same song through open And that has been another way to do this too. So there are a lot of different ways to access this thing. But at the root of it, what I'm always telling artists is to make sure they have the leverage and they keep the choices. I think there are a lot of companies coming up and ideas coming up that are very much so in the same label construct. And I'm trying to do my best to tell my homie to avoid that. And (laughs) I too am trying to avoid that as much as possible because Web3, we're trying to get away from the same kind of constructs, right? We're trying to get away from that label sentiment and way of being. What this needs to be is the artist makes the rules this time. Yeah, I think it's definitely challenging. It's interesting building in Web3 because it feels like we're constantly straddling this line between like the discomfort of exploring something new and trying to frame it in the old ways, which is always interesting. And it feels like maybe that's some of the tension there too. Mm -hmm. When you think about like going into Web3 and trying to not fall into those older ways – what are sort of the foundations of where we're going? Like, it seems like this idea of ownership is definitely core to it, of freedom. But how else do you think about the future of what Web3 looks like for artists? Inclusion, definitely. I see and I, I, I hope and I pray that the work that we're doing allows for diversity, like true diversity, not just this like token diversity that we're finding in a lot of spaces, but this diversity that is organic. I want to see, you know, BIPOC folk take over spaces, LGBTQIA plus folk take over spaces, all marginalized communities really be at the forefront of everything. And I think that goes back to that idea of folks in those communities being at the table in these companies, making the ideas up for what happens within these infrastructures so that we can make sure that we're thought of in everything that we do. I think it's going to also take just people listening. (laughs) I think Web3 is going to be a lot more listening than people telling what needs to be done. A lot more listening to the artists, listening to the people, listening to the consumer truly, not just listening to the actual company so they could make a buck. I think this time around, we're going to see a world that 
is built and centered around not the company. <laughs> it's not going to be the corporate anymore taking over. It's going to be the people. That's me being really an optimist and hoping for all the dreams. But I think that's what my utopia would be for Web3. Yeah, I think optimism is ideal, especially as we're building where it's like thinking critically about what's going on, but also hopefully building towards a future that we actually want to see. So I love that. I'm curious when you think about something like inclusion, it feels like NFT NYC brought up a lot of challenges to the surface that maybe we sort of knew were there, maybe not. It feels like one of the big challenges with inclusion is that so many things, whether it be money to mint an NFT or the network to have the right collectors in your sort of like sphere of influence and all of that um, are not evenly distributed, especially mm-hmm. not to people of color, LGBTQIA plus people, like all of these different groups. And so I'm curious mm-hmm. how you think about inclusion when it comes to artists with mm-hmm. all of those things like not being evenly distributed and really sort of just like not being accessible. I feel like we have this mindset like in our old ways that makes us believe that these things are not there, right? Like I can't speak for the other side, but I could speak for at least like my peeps and myself that a lot of times we're just not asked to be at the table. We're not told or (laughs) the joke is we're not asked to be at the table and then people are like, but they're not here. It's such (laughs) a joke to me, right? Like, especially for women, it's so funny to me to see people be like, oh my God, there's no women in the space. And I'm literally screaming at the top of my lungs in Twitter spaces. (laughs) So it's just like, that's when I'm like, what are you guys really saying? You're more so saying you don't want to see us or you're, you're not taking the time to listen. And that, I think that's when... My work is just to signal, I think, and to be as loud as possible about who is here, who has been showing up, who has been doing the work, who has been like creating the first, um, you know, in this space and make sure that people respect and, and care for that because we don't have enough people doing that right now. Right. And then my other work, I think, and how I think about this often is just like, Stop lying. (laughs) Like, stop saying that you don't see us. Stop saying that we're not here. Just take the time to really care. I really appreciate, like, folks that are allies that take the time to talk to me. Like, yo, I saw what happened, and and I'm so sorry about that. How can we help? And then the folks who, like, take the time to put me on a podcast or put my homies on a podcast and ask the questions, you know, how can we, like, show you guys are out here? I think that's the best that we can really do right now. And then also put some dollars into their pockets when you see them. I think... Every time I've seen a Black artist in this space, they've always been like, people don't don't buy my art yet. And I'm just like, I get mad because I see the collectors seeing the art. And I'm like, mm. show up for the art. Don't just show up for your friends. Show up for all this art that's being like pushed out here because all of it is really great. And yeah, I don't, I, I hope that answered your question. There's so many levels to that question. Oh my God. Yeah. It's such a yeah. loaded question. No, I, I love those answers and I think they're super important. That's even something on the podcast I've noticed. Like when I first started, I was like, oh my God, there are 
no women on these podcasts. There are particularly no women of color that are on these podcasts. Mm-hmm. And then I started looking for guests who are women of color. And I was like, oh, no, they, there definitely are. People just don't <laughs> actually put in work to find people. Exactly. Which is like ridiculous. Exactly. And then it just keeps as like an echo chamber, which is the problem. So, right. no, I, I totally like think that those are really, really great like pieces of advice. On the note of of supporting uh, different artists and things like that, I know you have a 100 ETH music video that is on the secondary market. Do you want yes, to shout out any other NFTs? I know you're big into supporting a bunch of different artists that are that are minting. Um, so are there any artists you want to shout out? I can also link in the show notes if you if you don't want to be put on the spot with a bunch of different artists <laughs> that you're supporting. Sure, you can I mean, in the show notes. Well, my my actual NFT is actually for one thousand one hundred and eleven ETH. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, but- I knew it was four million, but I did not do the math right. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been like four hundred k. But yeah, so it's like for four million dollars right now. So there's a party bid up for that out there. So please, please show up for the party bid. Other art that I like to shout out, I like to shout out Meta Knights, which is a black woman's collection that's really dope and out there. I love doodles. Obviously, my my little doodle PFP is my heart. I also like to shout out Blackhand, which is like this esports black gaming community. And Faith is another black woman artist that I adore and also works for MetaMask. And she's incredible. One of my favorites too. Sophie is another fave. Oh my God, there's so many faves. Leona is actually someone that inspires me every day. She creates art from her Ethiopian diasporic and just like creates incredible story to that art. And I just hope for so much for her because she deserves, um, there's so many artists, but I'll send you some links as well. Shout out to everybody in her story, Abby, Chantel, Sean, Faith, there's so Leona, everybody on that team. And then shout out to like, like all my communities really. And oh, I want to highlight my boy ATM too, because he's working on a really cool collection called Icons that I might be a part of. So yeah, I have so many. Yes, we love that. I'll link I'll link those people and then more also in the show notes. Before we wrap up, at the end of every show, I have a segment, which is what is your favorite thing in your wallet? It could be an NFT, an ERC-20, anything, but what is your favorite <laughs> thing in your wallet? It might be asking you to like choose your favorite child. So if you have a couple, that's okay also. Uh, my favorite thing in my wallet is my Halle and Tiara tokens from the Crypto Cookout. I don't know if you know about the Crypto Cookout. It was a dope opportunity to collect a POC punk, and we all came together and and put our coins in to own this these two punks. And you know, POC punks are usually under the floor price for punks, and so. We decided that we were going to come together and buy the punk, the t- like two women punks within the collection, and then put up the price like really high <laughs> to make sure that they're up there. And that was such a beautiful moment because everybody came together, everybody chipped in, and now I have like generational wealth sitting in my MetaMask, and that feels really good to see. But there's so many dope things coming from Halle and Sierra, and shout out to Crypto Cookout. I love my fam at Crypto Cookout. And I just love those two coins the most. 
Yes. I own Hallie and it was like the best thing ever to be able to like see that entire thing to come together and, mm-hmm. and Sursu and everyone else who's like a force behind that was amazing to watch exactly. organize. So absolutely love that and excited to see what else is coming from Crypto Cookout because I know it's also expanding to support other types of, of NFTs as well. So beyond absolutely. excited about that. Well, Latasha, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so fun to chat. Where can people find you and your work? People could find me at Twitter. I live on Twitter. <laughs> it's at Call Me Latasha. You could also find me on Instagram at Call Me Latasha. My website is callmelatasha.com. And that's where you can find me. And then I'm, I'm on Spotify and iTunes and all the things as Latasha with an accent on the last A. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so fun to chat. Thank you. Take care. If you like what you heard, please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast. I always forget to do this for podcasts I like, but it's actually super useful. Also, if anything resonated with you or if you want to continue the conversation, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Chaser Chapman. I absolutely love talking about these things. Thanks again for listening.